This is Education Matters, brought to you by the Ohio Education Association. Thank you for joining us for this edition of Education Matters. I'm Katie Olmsted, part of the communications team for the Ohio Education Association and the 120,000 teachers, education support professionals, and higher ed faculty members OEA represents. And that's, of course, not to mention the aspiring educators and the retirees in our ranks. Each year, several of those members are awarded scholarships and grants through OEA's awards and scholarships programs. The application deadline for the next round of awards and scholarships is January 27, 2023. I highly recommend you visit the OEA website, ohea.org, to learn more about all of the awards and scholarships. But we wanted to learn more about the people for whom some of these awards are named. For example, we know the Jean Kershaw Scholarship is a $2,000 scholarship for a student in a teacher education program at an Ohio college or university. But did you know Jean Kershaw was secretary to 11 OEA presidents before she passed away in 1985? And did you know that Doris L. Allen developed a handbook for local association human relations committees, conducted human relations programs around Ohio, and served as a member of the OEA Racism Awareness Cadre before she was killed in a plane crash on her way to an NEA training in 1974. The award named in her honor recognizes achievements in human relations and related intercultural activities that impact children, communities, the educational process, and or the United Education profession. And then there's the Paul Swadling Peace and International Relations Award, named for a member who taught for over 20 years in Northeastern Ohio and who committed his life to education and peace before his sudden death in 1987. But we wanted to look beyond that biographical information. We wanted to look into who these people were on a personal level. And we wanted to hear that from the people who worked right alongside them. So we asked two OEAR members, Don Traxler and Bob Mayer, to share their memories. Up first, we hear from Don, who, among other things, was a teacher in Northwestern Ohio, a professor at Ohio Northern University in the teacher education program there, and an OEA president for a one-year term beginning July 1st, 1973. Take a listen to what he had to say. Don Traxler, thank you so, so much for taking the time, sitting down with us, and sharing your recollections with us. Let's start with your memories of Gene Kershaw, the namesake of the Gene Kershaw Scholarship. What can you tell me? Well, Gene Kershaw was the secretary for the OEA president, and she had someone new every year to work with. And there were a lot of diff different personalities that she had to work with. And she was the most gracious, helpful human being I could ever have imagined. And uh, we became good personal friends as well. And she would always look at my calendar and she would, when I would come in in the morning, she would, if I was going out somewhere, she would have all the materials ready for me to put my briefcase and take off. She was just so efficient with everything she did. And one time I went in and I had my winter coat and winter hat on and I sat down at the chair beside her desk and I said, 
take a letter. And she went into complete hysteria because she did have a former president, I'm not saying who, that he would do this every time, almost every day. He would come in and say, take a letter and has, still have his hat and coat on. Oh and I, I didn't know that. So that is probably the loudest I ever heard her laugh. But she was just so efficient and personable. And, you know, she was able to adapt to each new president she faced each year. And then we had lost two babies. And then we had our son, Ty, who is now the high school principal and basketball coach at Elmwood High School. His wife's also a teacher. Well, she, our son, Ty, was born at the Ohio State University Hospital. I went, I went there the next day because my wife was in the intensive care. She was in various critical condition. And a few weeks later, she said, Don, I was at the OEA. She said, Don, I have a spoon that I was saving for my first born child, grandchild. But I love you and Myra so much. And she went through so much. I want you to have that for your son. And, you know, that meant so much on a personal level. And she, you know, was the epitome of a helper for every president, no matter whether they were domineering or whether they were um, more like me and wanted to be a good friend as well as have her work with my papers that she had. And then I would never put anything back in the file. She'd do all that. I was in trouble the next year when I got back to teach at Ohio Northern. There wasn't anybody doing that for me. So probably fair to say that she made this place run for you. She made it run for me and every president that she served. So when they named the scholarship for her, what did you think? I thought, you know, I was not on the center or on the executive committee then. And I was so excited because she deserved to have something named after her. And it's going to a college student. And that's even better because I was very active with the student group, both at Ohio Northern. Well, I shouldn't say both. I was at Ohio Northern. I was the advisor every year after my first year. So that would be 23 years. Then I got involved at the state level and was involved with, we call it the Ohio Student Education Association then. And then I got involved at the NEA level when I was on the NEA board. The students did not have a voting member on the NEA board, and we were able to get that through as an amendment one year. And I think I'm probably the only um, honorary life member of the student NEA. Do you think Jean would have been proud to have her name on that scholarship? Oh, I know she would because she loved people, you know, that were in teaching or in a support professional way. And she loves college students, too. And then let's talk about Doris L. Allen. Uh, by all accounts, she loved what she did as well. What can you tell me about her? Well, what I can tell you about her, I did not know her well enough to know that she was from Kenton, Ohio, which is the county seat in Hardin County. But she 
was the first person to have that position to work with um, non-white educators. And she was so into her job. And she was on a trip to the NEA for further training. And unfortunately, the plane crashed. And she was among those who lost their lives. And they could not have named the award for a better person. She never got to complete what she would have done for that group of people. And I'm so proud that she is from Hardin County. And I did not know that until they brought the cremains back for burial in the cemetery in Kenton. And that's when I realized that, you know, she was from Kenton and got to meet her family, you know, in the very cold uh, ceremony they had at her graveside. And I just regret that we didn't get to have her for many years. And I know that she would be very proud to have the group that is working now with all kinds of diversity. And that's so important with OEA and NEA. So not only does Doris Allen have her name on this award, she's also the namesake of the Doris L. Allen Minority Caucus. Um, how important is it, do you think, to her legacy to have her work continue today? Do you still see such a need for that important work? Oh, it's very important. And OEA has done a fantastic job, as well as NEA. And you mentioned Paul Squadling, and now I remember why I know him because we had a, I asked Don Wilson, who was the president, if we couldn't see if there was interest for a Peace and International uh, Committee at the OEA level. Because one of the things I got to do as president was go to a world teachers meeting in Nairobi, Africa, and my wife went to uh, OEA paid my travel, but they didn't pay my wife's. And, Every month, American Express would send us a bill. <laughs> but that opened my eyes to the world, and it's Education International now. But we did form a committee in Ohio, and this one group uh, came up with the idea that we should have, on the day that the United Nations opens, which is on a Thursday in September, we should have an international day of peace in education. And so that little committee brought it to the full committee of the Peace and International Relations Committee of OEA. We took it then to the OEA retired and the OEA representative assembly. They agreed with it. Then we were in Louisville and we introduced it as a an item of new business that the first day that the United Nations was in session would be proclaimed as an international day of peace and education in, in the country. And then we went to another world teachers meeting in uh, Regina, Saskatchewan, Canada. They do not have new business, but they have resolutions. They adopted the resolution that we would have the international day of peace and education on the day that the United Nations opened. And I had, but I don't know where it is now, a letter from the United Nations man in charge of uh, 
education at that time. And they were so happy that we had done that at the NEA level. And of course, that work continues now, uh, fostering an environment of peace in education. Paul Swadling's legacy lives on through that. And your work continues, too, as a lifetime member of the OEA and NEA. Don Traxler, thank you so much for joining us. My pleasure. Of course, Don Traxler isn't the only one with memories to share about Paul Swadling. Bob Mayer is a retired elementary school teacher who spent most of his 36-year career in Morgan and Athens County Public Schools and as an active member and leader of the Federal Hawking Teachers Association. He was also a former chair of OEA's Peace and International Relations Committee and was one of the founding members of that group, along with Paul Swadling, who was also there at its start. Bob sat down with us to share his memories. Bob Mayer, thank you so much for sitting down with us today. You uh, have a, a personal experience uh, that really is connected to the Paul Swaddling Peace and International Relations Award. What can you tell me? Um, well, yeah, the, we started the Peace International Relations Committee in the early 1980s, OEA did, and uh, I was appointed, and there were people appointed from across the state from the various districts. And Don Wilson, uh, who is the former president of OEA, was the first chair of the committee which was good for purposes of committee uh, prestige. I'd and, say. Uh, yeah. Paul Swadling was one of his first appointments. He knew him because Don was from Parma in Northeast Ohio, and Paul was from Berea, so they had worked together on some projects for the NEOVA, and uh, Paul was uh, recognized as a standout in peace education. So, Do you recall what thing. made him that standout? Yeah, um, it was the the award um, that application says Paul's intensity, imagination, humor, creativity, and authenticity were evident in his work for OEA at the local district and statewide level. So that's a big mouthful, but uh, that does sort of exemplify what it, what it was like to work with him and meet him. So uh, he had a good sense of humor. He didn't take himself too seriously, even though he had done a lot of really good work. And uh, he uh, was authentic. He uh, lived out his approach to conflict, uh, talking things out to reach common ground. And that's uh, necessary today, too. So I think the great thing about looking back is that the, the future also needs, we especially need these qualities in people today, too. So I'd be glad to see people apply for the awards. We could see some more examples of how teachers are living this out. Um, uh, Paul uh, had a great interest in literature, as it says, uh, interest in peacemaking literature and peacemakers. And he used to bring literature and books to the meetings that he read and other people too. And uh, he would cite incidents from lives of the peacemakers that he read about. So that was pretty awesome, you know, able to do that. And uh, we worked on uh, a book list, uh, literature that we recommended for people to use at the time, to read at the time. So some of it's still appropriate, some of it's probably out of date by now. But, um, <laughs> uh, so Paula uses imagination to, we worked on flyers and uh, a logo for the committee. 
and he had some really good ideas for that. But he didn't, you know, like I said, he was able to listen to other people's ideas too. He was a good listener. So that's a good uh, combination to be on a committee is being able to contribute and being able to listen. I think that charisma is like when he talked, people paid attention because, you know, he was going to say something that was significant. <laughs> so that was a good thing. And that just came from, uh, you know, getting to know him a little. So we, when we all got together at first. So there were a lot of people that, that at the beginning that were interested in trying to make a difference in the world of peace, in the world through peacemaking. So it was inspiring. And he was creative, too, and used his imagination. That's uh, sort of an important, that's an important part of peacemaking is being able to envision a different future and also a uh, you know one using uh, avenues you hadn't thought of so well, certainly sounds like a good person to work with on that committee and then to have this award named for him do you feel like that was appropriate uh, yeah yeah i was the chair uh, i think at that point and uh, we we all decided that was going to be uh, a good way to remember him and inspire others so yeah i i was glad to do that so it's a two-part question. Why was it so important to remember Paul Swaddling as the individual by putting his name on this award? And why is it so important to continue his legacy through this kind of award? Yeah, well, those are great questions. Uh, well, because Paul uh, stood out as a person who had dedicated his life in the search for peace. So I think we wanted to inspire people to follow the paths that Paul had started on and continue in the work that he was, that he worked on. So that was the idea. And he was, uh, um, worked on young people's uh, conflicts. Of course you have those when you're a teacher, it's inevitable. So, uh, his philosophy matched a lot of the current interest in restorative justice. So they go together well. And uh, so that's how uh, his, why it's important to look at him and also like his interest in the lives of peacemakers is still relevant today for sure. So he had a sense of the whole, it, uh, said he had a special interest in his work with and for the poor. And, and that's also something that's very relevant today. So something we need to encourage the the broader view by people who are educated and the people who are doing the educating, so, which I think teachers usually try to do. So it was also good to see uh, his intensity. Peace was really important to him. And that's something else that we want to see continue. I think he had the long view, uh, which is that uh, teachings making sense of the past and present to create a more peaceful future. It says that in application also. So life can be better. Change is inevitable. That was Paul's uh, outlook. So let's change for the better since we're going to change. <laughs> so I think uh, those are words we need to, in to inspire us today. And uh, it's a dynamic view of history, which I uh, agree with. As Martin Luther King said, the arc of the universe is long, but it bends toward justice. And I think that's what Paul believed too. So. That was what he tried to live out in his life. Now, going back real quick to one of the things you've mentioned, uh, 
a couple of times you've mentioned his intensity. Intense uh-huh. people are wonderful people. Sometimes intense people are really intense. And that's uh, <laughs> it's an experience to be around intense people. Yeah. What was it like he, for you being around such intensity? Well, he worked hard at what he believed in, but he didn't. Uh, he was able to, at least when in working with other teachers like we were, um, he was able to set, step back a little. He had a good sense of humor, which helps. But he, uh, he also was able to say, you know, well, this is what we're going to be able to do because, you know, we had a limited amount of time. All teachers do. So you do what you can, and he was able to keep that as uh, an attitude. So it was a realistic optimist. <laughs> yes, I didn't feel really prodded. <laughs> <laughs> well, it sounds yeah, like he, he was, was a wonderful good. person, and I'm so glad that his legacy is living on through this award. Thank you for Thank sharing you. your memories. Okay, thanks a lot. As we mentioned at the top of this episode, the application deadline for all of the OEA awards and scholarships is January 27, 2023. You can find the link for more information and the applications in the show notes for this episode. Until next time, stay well. Stay well.